Hello, my name is Rachel, and welcome to the Ultra Human Podcast. This is the first ever uh, one I plan to post, <laughs> so I've done a couple false starts, um, and I realized that it would probably be better if I had um, notes and maybe a point. So, what this first episode of the Ultra Human Podcast is going to be about is the movie Stink. Um, this is a 2015 documentary by John Whalen. And overall, this podcast is going to be focused on how to be your best human, how to live life on planet Earth um, while doing so with optimal health, using our environment and our assets to our advantage, leveraging the amazing capabilities of the human body, and so forth and so on. So Stink is a documentary about mostly the fragrance industry. However, it was also uh, focused a lot on like the miracle chemistry industry um, and the different kinds of uh, like the American Chemistry Council, which is a basically a lobby group for the various arms of the chemical industry, um, protecting them from having to disclose ingredients, from having to test and determine whether or not ingredients that are being put into various kinds of home goods, uh, furniture, pajamas, is kind of, they talk a lot about this pair of pajamas uh, that John had bought for his, my apologies, I am also making this podcast while I am driving. So, um... Basically, the way that the whole podcast really, the whole the way the whole movie, <laughs> excuse me, really began was that John had bought these pajamas, and they just they talk about the company Justice, uh, which is like a tween brand, um, like a lifestyle branded company. They show up in the mail, and even after months of sitting in his closet, when the girls open them up. Um, they have a really distinct chemical smell. And he finds this very um, disconcerting and he tries to look up, well, what exactly is causing this smell. And he goes as far as calling the company and that's the point at which he has a friend who suggests that they start filming these phone calls. And so they're recording and filming the phone calls of him trying to contact Justice and he even goes as far as to get a Chinese translator to um, speak to the manufacturer for him. Um, and essentially, at every turn, he gets told, don't worry about it. We're meeting standards. Therefore, these things are safe. So finally, what he does is he sends the pajamas into a lab and the lab brings back um, a host of concerns regarding the various kinds of chemicals and chemical flame retardants. Um, all these things are chemicals. Uh, so he turns this whole thing into more of a crusade where he starts going to these lobbyist groups and to various representatives. Um, Gosh, the one guy who I just thought was 
really slimy and disgusting. He was the now former, um, I guess I don't have him in my notes, but he was the former one of the senators for New Jersey. Um, and in the, in the documentary, they talk about all of the different chemical companies that have all of their factories and everything and their headquarters in New Jersey, which makes a lot of sense. I haven't spent time on the East Coast, but you hear things. And um, it makes a lot of sense that all of these companies are based out of New Jersey. And so they've got a representative in the government who is all about um, making things as friendly to the, the potentially toxic chemicals coming out of these companies as possible. They want to have the smallest amount of regulation and oversight that they can possibly have. And it's, it's very clearly at the ex expense of the people, us, who are consuming the products. <laughs> um, one company that stood out to me, I think, was, uh, it was Seventh Generation. Um, they had interviews from a few people representing Seventh Generation. And even though, like, I definitely think that there's a lot of greenwashing that goes along with not only Seventh Generation, there's plenty of other brands that have kind of jumped on the bandwagon of organic and, and the healthy labels and stickers and stuff. And so when you see that the marketing for something is all in like olive green and like taupe <laughs> and it has leaves on it, um, I think a lot of people still, they see that and they're like, oh, this must be good because they've taken the time uh, to to brand it that way. And a lot of people are still kind of unaware of what greenwashing is. Now that being said, seventh generation, seventh generation does make a point of disclosing all of the ingredients on the package. And I do appreciate that. It would be great if they actually, um, could, you know, be a little bit more on the spearhead of figuring out, uh, like replacing plastics with things that really degrade, etc. Um, having less plastic packaging. But in any case, I do appreciate that part of what they really believe in is letting the consumer know exactly what is in all of their products. And I think that that's... Um, I know from the experience of transi transitioning from being someone who I, I only had a few allergies to, like tree nuts, for example, which you know is, is not going to be in everything. But then once I really started having to read the labels for everything I ate because I couldn't consume wheat or, or barley or rye or anything that had gluten containing ingredients all of a sudden, um, just by being well practiced at reading labels, I think I improved my diet significantly, even if it wasn't just for the gluten that I was getting out of my diet and like the carbohydrates that I was not consuming. Um, just becoming more aware of synthetic 
chemicals in my food, I started to avoid a lot of foods um, that I otherwise might not have batted an eye at consuming. And I did, before I ever watched this documentary, there was a friend of mine who worked in a factory where he was, uh, basically they sprayed down all the clothes with anti-fungal, anti-microbial, um, and uh, like, so that they would have, so that the clothes themselves would have a long shelf life. They didn't want the clothes to start molding while they were being stored in boxes and things like that. And so they would just soak them in all of these chemicals. And my friend explained, like, never, ever, ever put clothes on right out of the, right, right, brand new off of the shelf because they are poisonous is what he told me. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't have any idea. I always knew that they smelled funny. Um, and even on some labels and packaging, it will say things like, uh, you know, please wash before handling, which is like, well, I'm handling it right now. That's why I'm reading this tag. But, um, so by watching this documentary, I was made a lot more aware of like, like I didn't know that just washing, for example, a pair of pajamas that if that got rid of all the flame retardant, then the flame retardant wouldn't be doing its job, which is supposedly, uh, which in reality is supposed to be so that if a child sets themselves on fire while smoking a cigarette in the house at night, um, then they, they, <laughs> then their cigarette will go out. Uh, because, yeah, it, a lot of it really went back to most house fires were caused by people falling asleep while smoking. And when they started to put the flame retardant inside the cigarettes, uh, a lot of people quit smoking. And obviously that was no good for the tobacco industry. So the tobacco industry said, hey, maybe instead of us putting flame retardant in the cigarettes, which is still absolutely horrifically disgusting in terms of I'm, I, how that is going to affect people. But instead of us putting flame retardant in the cigarettes, why don't we just put flame retardant in everything else, uh, like the couch and the clothes, anything that has to do with like something somewhere where someone might fall asleep. So yeah, like sofas, um, love seats, anything like that is going to be, have integrated flame retardant. Um, and almost all of the chemicals in any flame retardant are carcinogenic and they don't have to be tested for that because you don't eat them. So until someone gets the funding to do a study that shows that a particular chemical is going to cause problems, um, it's allowed to be on the market. And even in, in the documentary, they use a few examples of chemicals where like, for it was a flame retardant that was like, there was a brominated version that they actually got off the market because they did studies and they proved 
that it was causing, um, that it was an endocrine disruptor and it was screwing up kids. And so then once that particular version of the chemical was banned, then the industry just went to using a chlorinated version of the same chemical instead of a brominated version. And because it was that much different, it was allowed, um, even though it, another version of the very same compound was, was found to definitely be an endocrine disruptor, and there's no reason to believe that this other chemical is not an endocrine disruptor. That's just not the way that the laws work. And the industry does not care about your health or my health or our children's health, um, which is just nuts. We're all people. <laughs> I mean, the, the people making these decisions are being affected. Like, the person who makes that call, their niece is going to get ovarian cysts and cancer due to that decision. Like, it's, it's just really mind-blowing. So, I definitely, I highly suggest it. Um, I think that there's... a lot that can be said for... Uh, boycotting products, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, don't bother because you're just one person. That's not what boycotts are about. Um, boycotts, you shouldn't ever bother to, uh, if you're going to boycott something, you boycott it and then you talk about it. And then you tell your friends when you see that company's products in their home, why you don't buy that. And you don't guilt them and you don't, like, you don't have to do all that crap, but, um, that's what I do. I mean, and I, you know, I haven't, I haven't talked my way out of any friendships because I don't buy Nestle products, uh, but big giant corporations, they don't care about you. They don't care about the next generation. They don't care about indigenous rights. They don't care about what the long-term effects of their products on our environment are. And these things are real problems. And so I guess I'm going to leave it at that. I think 15 minutes is pretty good for a first podcast. Um, I did want to say, look into the stink, the documentary for one, um, look into the American chemistry council uh, it is really freaky the number of people that go in and out of these lobby groups into positions as elected officials. And what most people don't realize is what typically ends up happening is, is it's the other way around. Uh, people go from being an elected official and then if you behave properly, um, then, then essentially the way that you receive a promotion is that you leave elected office and you get into a big, big bucks paying position um, into one of these lobbyist groups. And so you go from uh, making the right moves as a politician to having the right connections so that you're more valuable to the lobbyist group and you make much, much, much more money, like upwards of a million dollars annually um, on books. So look into those kinds of things and I don't mean to scare people. There's lots of great ways to get around uh, these things, but get out there and be your best human. Thanks.